0: Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. This week, I'm going into full MythBuster mode and exploring some of the things we might have thought we understood about college, as well as some of the things that probably never even occurred to us. In short, I'm going to debunk some myths about what college is, what it isn't, who goes, and who doesn't. College. Such a loaded word. I mean, it carries with it so many connotations. Some fair, and some not. College boy, college girl, he's a college man. Give it the old college try. College town, college level classes, college hoops, college parties, college degree, college elitism, electoral college, and on and on and on. I mean, still, college is central to the American experience where, worldwide, we have one of the highest percentages of degreed adults anywhere. Only Norway exceeds us. But why? I mean, I could argue that for generations long preceding your birth, college was quite exclusive, commonly associated with the wealth class, the blue bloods, the privileged, and candidly, mostly something that only men did. In fact, it took nearly 200 years after America's first college, which was Harvard, for women to even gain admission to a four-year co-ed, degree-granting college or university. It would take another 125 years before the number of women in college equaled that of men, and another 25 years beyond that before the number of bachelor degrees conferred on women exceeded that of men. That year was 1982. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that long ago. The first African-American man to graduate from an American college was in 1823. The first African-American woman wouldn't acquire a bachelor's degree for another 40 years in 1863 now at first glance it may seem that college has been a fairly exclusionary experience in america but is our picture of what college was is or will be an accurate one probably not the first thing you should probably know is that college has not really changed the lives of the already rich and powerful all that much now it has however represented a kind of social escalator for the rest of us for the masses that is in fact it has always been about the masses obtaining economic, intellectual, and professional leverage, about the attainment of power and influence. And in order to obtain a thing, one must first not have had it. And what this really means is that college has done far more for the common American coming from a common background than it has for those already in possession of the golden ticket. So when it gets right down to it, College isn't some sort of fancy frame to hang on a fancy wall. It is a means by which we may acquire the tools to become the architects of our own destiny, to help find our place in the world. So if knowledge is power, as Thomas Jefferson said it was, then college is an excellent way to begin or continue in our acquisition of it. So let's play a game. For the moment, forget your assumptions or what you thought you knew about college. Because I can tell you, they are almost certainly colored by the perceptions of others, many of which you have probably absorbed over the years, for better or worse, either directly or indirectly. But what college is, more than anything else, is a place of concentrated learning opportunity. Plain and simple, it is a rare opportunity to dedicate a few years of your life to the acquisition of knowledge. And remember, knowledge is power. Whatever you may choose to do with your life, manage a farm, build a business, Work in the professions, sell cars, groom dogs, fly airplanes, serve in the military, repair plumbing, teach school, whatever it is, you will benefit from knowing more about yourself and your world than you do now. College is an excellent place to acquire that knowledge. What I would say that college may be, but doesn't necessarily have to be, is a training camp for the specific work you'll do in your career. Don't get me wrong. If you're going to be a nurse, an engineer, a lawyer, an architect, a cosmetologist, a doctor, or any number of hundreds of other things, you will most definitely require specialized training, and college is very often the perfect place to get it. So I don't mean to confuse the point of college not being about career preparation, or for being an essential exercise in self-awareness and general knowledge. In fact, college is most often a combination of both things. It isn't one or the other, it's both. Now, any self-respecting mythbuster would have to be able to demonstrate economic value in attending college sufficient to offset its cost. So let's give it a go. The Pew Research Center has determined that the average lifetime earnings of a high school student in America in 2020 dollars is about $887,000. Based on a 40-year work life, for a four-year degreed college graduate, that number is a little over $1.6 million dollars. That's a difference of $725,000. But wait, because we've got to do a little math. Factor in the net cost of obtaining that four-year degree and the time it took you to get it, and you'll need to subtract about $166,000 for the lost wages between the ages of 18 and 22. Because remember, you were working as a high school graduate during those years. As a college graduate, we're going to presume that even if you were working, it was likely a part-time or a low-paying job. And then you've got to factor in the average cost after financial aid, for a typical public college education. Now, that leaves you with an approximate $559,000 lifetime economic advantage for going to school and getting a four-year degree. Of course, there's more to it than that. As we've discussed in previous episodes, college graduates tend to live longer. They tend to live healthier, and they tend to live happier lives. Now, the data also show a greater likelihood for marital fidelity, community volunteerism, and financial security than their high school graduate counterparts. Now, what are those things worth in economic terms? You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. How do you measure an intangible? I don't know that you can, but for the sake of the argument, let's throw a number at it. Let's just say it's worth half again what your economic advantage came out to be in the first place and call it $230,000. Now, we'll call that the happiness, healthfulness, and security dividend. Add the two together and you've got a $780,000 advantage over a lifetime. Now again, these are averages. Everyone's results are going to be different. Do high school graduates without college degrees strike gold? Absolutely they do. But statistically, they don't do it at nearly as high a rate as their college graduate counterparts. That's what the statistics tell us. And for the record, statistically, the Pew Research Center puts community college graduates who go no further than that two-year degree with their education at about halfway between the lifetime economic outcomes of the four-year college grad and the high school grad. No mystery there. We can understand how that would work. Okay, so college isn't always the straightest path to employment or wealth, but it doesn't appear to hurt your odds of either and over time seems to prove out as the statistical winner. But does that mean that our primary reason for going to college should be to simply earn more money in your lifetime? Well, the answer to that question is a very personal one, of course. But I will tell you that there are much, much better reasons to attend college. Now, here are a few. The people you'll meet, the interests you'll acquire, the friendships you'll form, and the 28% likelihood that you'll meet your spouse there. The people you'll meet will expand your awareness of different cultures, different places, different food and just a different way of seeing the world. The interests you'll develop may form the basis of your life's work. They may spur a new business idea or an extension of something you already enjoy. Some of your deepest friendships are almost certain to have roots in your college experience. More Americans met their best friend between the ages of 18 and 21 than at any other point in life. So there are really a lot of good reasons besides the economic incentives to go to college. You'll still be you, but... Just an expanded version of you. Now, there are also all kinds of myths about college in the stereotypes. You've heard them non stop drinking parties, entire semesters of skipped classes, political brainwashing, fraternity hazings, and more. Now, the truth is that all of these things exist in college. Kind of. Yes, there is alcohol use and abuse. Yes, classes do get skipped. Yes, there are overzealous ideologues, and some of them. Are professors. But the reality is, most first year college students are just trying to find their way as independent young adults. And the ones who get caught up in the mayhem of these college stereotypes to their detriment really are in the minority. Now, the vast majority of college students do not lose themselves to an animal house type culture. They set up their dorm rooms, they attend their classes, they stick to a study routine, they meet up with their friends occasionally, and sometimes they fall in love. Another myth is that college takes four years statistically, that's not quite right. Actually, only 41% of first-time college students make it through with a degree in four years. Even in six years, the percentage is still only 59%. So, graduating in four years from a four-year institution is not an automatic. It takes a lot of hard work and determination. Successful students cite these seven ideas for graduating on time. One, Start planning your college career early in high school. As early as your freshman or sophomore year, begin thinking about it. Consider what classes you like and which ones you just don't. Think about the extracurricular activities you most enjoy. Get a summer job, even if it doesn't pay much, in a field that interests you to see if you might like to do that kind of work or or have that kind of academic career. Two, try to ferret out your academic interests before college. Most schools will ask you to declare your major by the end of your second year. Be ready to do it and do it with confidence by thoroughly thinking through your options as they relate to your interests and your potential career. Now, I don't want to discourage exploration. There should be exploration in those first several years or several semesters of college. Don't feel that you have to go in there and know exactly what you want to do. Now, there are some fields and they tend to be those that deal with uh, math and uh, uh, engineering and uh, medicine in some cases that do require a little bit of an earlier commitment. But for many college majors, you don't have to declare right away. You can give it a little time. Think it through. Number three, find the right school fit. Go back to episode 35 and listen to the various characteristics of different types of schools and consider seriously how you will fit into those cultures. Because switching schools midstream not only can be emotionally taxing, it can cause major delays in getting your degree, depending upon how easily your accrued credits will transfer. Number four, confirm your plan with a trusted advisor, your parents, your guidance counselor, a mentor, a favorite teacher, etc. Number five, Be aware of your target credits per semester as they relate to your graduation requirements and budget them out to get all that you need before your on-schedule graduation in four years. This is typically 120 credits, so that's 30 per year or 15 per semester. Now, some schools have a trimester program or a quarter program. You have to do the math, but I'm sure that you'll be able to do that. Don't allow yourself to fall behind schedule if you can at all prevent it. Number six. Keep track of your GPA, but don't obsess over it. For goodness sakes, be kind and forgiving of yourself. Perfection can be a cruel master, but set your standard and be aware of how your work impacts it. As you progress through your school year, be prepared to make the necessary adjustments. But always remember that your numbers are only part of your story. They do not define you. Number seven. Take advantage of professor's office hours and meet with your academic advisor regularly. All of these things will help you graduate on time. This is important because graduating on time not only gets you on to your next phase of life sooner, whether that be graduate school or work, but can also mean avoiding the costly financial misstep of adding additional tuition, room, or board expense to your total college tab. And speaking of money, Let's dispense with one of the more pervasive college myths, that it is not affordable. You know, this just is not the case. I'll address it more fully in my October 27th episode, but let me just put your mind at ease now. There is money and there are methods to make financial aid work for you and your family without borrowing to the hilt. Do not, I repeat, do not let the financial myth put the kibosh on your college plans. Mark your calendar for October 27th, and I promise you, I will share with you the strategies for neutralizing this concern once and for all. Final myth. Your college major will set your career path. No, it won't. So many students stress over the choice of a major. What many seem not to realize is, is that a major is often only tangentially attached to a career. The exception here is in heavily math-centric fields like engineering and computer science, um, physics. There are a lot of fields that require a lot of math, a lot of heavy lifting with the math. But there are dozens of majors you can choose that will have very little limiting power over your professional future. We've seen English majors become wildly successful entrepreneurs, and history majors become top lawyers and Hollywood agents. Mayim Bialik, the actor who played Amy on Big Bang Theory, studied neuroscience at UCLA. And Brian May, Queen's lead guitarist, studied mathematics and physics at Imperial College in London. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, studied industrial engineering at Auburn University. So I suspect if you were to have asked any of these people while at college still, if they ever imagined the career journey they've ultimately traveled, not one of them would have guessed anything close to what they wound up doing. Now, I'll finish with this. College is a fantastic thing. It's both much more and yet nothing like what you probably think it is. You'll have some of your predictions right, sure, but still expect to be surprised too. But no matter what, pour yourself into it and gather up all its opportunities because whether you go to a local community college, a regional university, your state flagship university, or a prestigious private college five states away. You'll never experience anything quite like it at any other time in your life. And that's no myth. Next week, we'll tackle the anxiety of the college application experience. I'll walk you through the key milestone events in the application process and share some suggestions for dealing with the anxieties that often accompany this moment. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel.